0: Welcome to Occasionally Awesome, I'm Nick Youssef I'm Kevin Christie This is one of our coolest fucking episodes This is a hot but before one Before we get to that okay. um, Have you bought an Occasionally Awesome t-shirt, listener? Bang Have you done it? Oh, you haven't? Oh, well then do it <laughs> um, Go to uh, our Twitters, our Instagrams uh, There's links on our Instagram bios Right Where you can go get it um, or Estoy dot com E S T O Y uh Search Occasionally Awesome right. it'll Be there. Men's and women's sizes. The design is super fucking cool. We've had everyone that's seen it be like, that's a great podcast shirt. Yep. And it doesn't look like a podcast shirt, it just looks like a sweet design and in very tiny letters is the name of our podcast. <laughs> um so, yeah, get one. They're $20. Uh, we don't ask for much on this show nope. as far as, like, support us. But we've sold a bunch of them, and yeah. thank you to all the people that bought them. Yeah. We, were, we, we sold more than we thought
1: we would. That's mm-hmm. very exciting. So, so thank you if you bought one. We appreciate it greatly.
0: Yeah. So it'll be around for, like, a little bit. It's not going to be available forever. Nope. Um, and then after that, there'll be either... We don't know yet Either a new design Or the same one Different color We don't know yep. But this one now If you're like Oh maybe You know get it Because it'll be gone And you're supporting The cause Word The podcast cause A uh, couple of road dates um, As you're listening to this Lake Tahoe I'm driving to you uh, I'm going to be there all week Playing the improv So if you live I don't know if anyone lives In Lake Tahoe Or it's just a place <laughs> that I think people do Um, But yeah, Lake Tahoe, the surrounding cities. Um, May 13th through 17th, uh, Lake Tahoe Improv. Tickets are on my website, nickyusef.com. Go there. Uh, A little later on, July, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. I'm coming to you. Did I say that right, Lexington? I did. Comedy Off-Broadway, July 17th, 18th, 19th. Later that month, uh, San Antonio, Texas, July 31st through August 2nd, Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club at San Antonio. Um, that's all com. Go there, get tickets, come to those shows, wear your Occasionally Awesome t-shirt yeah. that you bought, uh, and then I can high-five you for it, or sign it, or just take a picture with you wearing it, whatever the fuck you want. Um, I think that's it as far as... Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stuff to... In this ep,
1: we've been trying to get uh, Ed Templeton on our podcast for a while, but he lives far away.
0: I'm sorry, Kevin, did you just say skate legend? We have skate Ed legend Tempel- and Templeton?
2: art
1: legend Ed Templeton on the podcast today, y'all, so deal with it. Um, yeah. We drove to the OC, got in our car, my, got in my car, drove down there, and we talked to Ed about his life and his mm-hmm. skate career and a little bit of his art career And just like where it came from, how he did it, how it kind of started.
0: And, you know, it's a little, it's, it's, I don't know, it's fucking interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you grew up uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, and you were into skateboarding. Yeah. Or you were even just aware of that culture. That's a name you've heard. He's an accomplished (coughs) professional skater.
1: Yep, he's also an accomplished photographer Also <laughs> yep. an accomplished artist He founded Toy Machine mm-hmm. Skated for his first bunch Schmidt Stick. And he skated for New Deal, then he founded Toy Machine He's been in the skate industry And in just the, I would say yeah. culture industry For a very long time And he has an exhibit up now He has an exhibit up now at Robertson Tilton Gallery In Culver City, it's mm-hmm. very good It's called Synthetic Suburbia, I Have Been It's epic, epic That's paintings
0: through the end of May, I believe yeah. May uh,
1: 20th, I think, is when it's down
0: I think it's later. Okay. Well, yeah. look, go to robertsontilton.com. But yeah, either way, go, go see it. If you live in LA, um, yeah. it's, it's worth checking out. Um, and listen to this episode. He tells a lot of like cool stories about um, coming up in the skate world. Yeah. Uh, what it's like living in... He's not a guy you imagine like, oh, I'm going to live in Orange County. Like yeah. He grew up there. And still lives there But Yeah His perspective on that is cool And it's It was very much a like Scratching the surface episode Because yeah. that guy has done A lot Yeah You know And he's like in his Early 40s now yeah, He's
1: 42 I mean I've known about him Since I was in my teens
0: Yeah me too So Like that was one of those names Where I was like We're gonna We're gonna interview him Yeah And that's <laughs> gonna be fucking Awesome Nice guy It was great I, 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 I liked it yeah. it, was, it was really exciting I was just like teenage me would be like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> so if the teenage you was uh, was into that stuff, this is going to be a fun episode for you to listen. So we'll stop talking about it and just let you hear it. Enjoy this one. Grip it
1: you. and rip it. <laughs>
3: I mean, I feel like... I didn't know what you want to talk about. Was it about art, skateboarding? I
1: mean, whatever you want. You just said you have no process. You said you have no process, which there's no way that's
3: true. I mean, I guess I do technically, but I don't really know if... uh,
1: I mean, when you... So you just just finished a show. But, like, you... When you know you have a show coming up, there's no way it's just like, oh, no. Like, I guess I'll just sort of randomly make paintings. You have to have some sort of process.
3: That's kind of...
0: (laughs) You just, you're at zero and you're like, I'll just start painting now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a process. So I kid you, you not. I mean, but this last show had like
3: more, had such a theme. But that formed over the start of just, oh, and shit, I need to paint. Yeah. They came to me and said, let's do a show. Right. You know, next, next year at this date, you know, they were vaguely like, oh, next uh, September or April. Right. April, Mayish, And I was like, okay. So I started working on some stuff and I made that. Um, I had this photo of this guy of the guy watering the lawn. Right. So that sitting really happened. A,
1: he's sitting in a lawn chair watering the lawn.
3: Yeah, we were driving out of our tract here, and there's this old man sitting in a lawn chair, squirting his lawn not from the edge of the lawn, but from the middle of his driveway over like a great (laughs) expanse of his driveway to the lawn. Yeah. And it just looks so cool that we circled around the block and I was kind of freaking out like, Oh my God, he's going to be gone by the time we went around the block to get to, so I could drive by and get another photo. Yeah. I shot a film photo of it. And when the photo came back, I just looked at it and went, this is a living Hockney painting. Yeah. This is a live David Hockney painting.
1: Also like a, it's like a Dwayne Hanson sculpture.
3: Something like, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I guess when uh, they said, you know, start painting, I was kind of like, what? Do, you know, what am I going to do? And I, and I, what, what, as soon as I saw that photo, I thought this is kind of a better painting than a photo. Right. Like the photo's cool, and it explains it, and the joke is there, the funniness of the guy sitting in the lawn chair. But I was like, this would kind of be a better painting. So I did it against my normal, because I normally would never paint from a photo. Up until now, I've always hated yeah. the idea of painting from a photo. Um, like
0: from any photo or your own photo? or Any photo. Uh-huh. Especially
3: like I didn't like when I would see other people's art. That was just where you could tell they just like found a source material somewhere online or right. found a photo and then painted it. Because it just seemed to me like you're just regurgitating something that's already there. Right. Nah, I, I don't think that's that bad. But I mean, I just didn't really want to do that, for instance. And, uh, but then this photo presented itself and I th- kind of thought, like I said, it would be a better painting. than a So I kind of did it. You know, I figured, yeah, it's my own photo, so that's a a little better, I guess. Like, I I created this. (laughs) Um, I created the original image, so it's okay to, like, make it into a painting. And that opened up a floodgate, really. I, like, did that painting. was kind of like, wow, this is different for me. And and the theme in that whole painting just solidified into the theme for the show. I started realizing, like, okay, I'm going to basically do a show now based on that one painting. Right. uh, About essentially what I've been shooting, which is walking on the pier and yeah. shooting like, and living here in the suburbs with all the walls and everything. And so that's kind of how it came. I didn't, I didn't have, uh, from uh, once, you realized that, once you realize that, once you realize that, did you
1: shoot a bunch of new stuff or did you start looking through old stuff? Like I, now I can look through a lot of this stuff to find, and then you start like, Oh shit, there's another one. Oh no, shit. There's I another it was one
3: right there the whole time. Right. I didn't even have to like, think about it. Like I shot, I would shoot the same as I had before. I went out, and found for that one painting, um, little trouble girl, the mm-hmm. girl, uh, With the, drawing a line across the wall. Right. There's a, an image of a slide that a lot of times you can see the top of the slides yeah, poking the, out from the is wall. Is it a pool slide or just a it's backyard slide? It's a pool slide, yeah. Like yeah. a slide going into a pool. And so I went out to shoot that, like find some sign some examples of that to shoot, uh, just so I had some reference for how those look Yeah. in general. Um, but no, I realized that I I looked through old sketchbooks the other day and realized that I had been on the cusp of doing this body of work for forever. Yeah, like I had sketches of ideas for paintings that are basically what I'm doing now five ten years ago. Yeah, I just really hadn't done it that much. I hadn't really. Well, you. Ta- I mean, when we
1: talked about when we talk about painters we like a lot of times it's we talk a lot about Hockney or whatever, and. It is, I mean, he, like, at one point was working from probably photos, but then he kind of, like, it's not similar, but, like, he worked from photos in a way that was, like, interpretive. So I feel like you were kind of, those are some of the dudes you already were, like, into, but, like, had, maybe you hadn't figured out how to do your version of it yet.
3: Yeah, I think it was just there. It's funny, I was talking, I did a little interview for the LA Times yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about Hockney a little bit, and I was kinda of thinking, you know what, it's not that dissimilar. I mean I he, he I came I, from England to here yeah. and reveled in the whole scene of the sun and the and especially the gay culture. And uh and for me it was travel. Like I would go away and come back to this place and real every time I would spend time in Europe, I'd come back here and realize this place is really kind of fucked up and weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and uh like, are
0: you saying s- southern california southern or california, like specifically yeah okay.
3: i mean if you've spent time away yeah it's a culture shock for a second when you come back and so i uh, you know you realize like when you hop onto the 405 you're just like fuck there's nothing like this in europe there's mm-hmm. nothing that's 5 <laughs> lanes long <laughs> no it's insane and the people and everything about it is just you know and so, after spending a lot of time away, I think I would come back here and just Huntington Beach was so was so weird. There's so many characters here. Huntington Beach
1: is exceptionally specific. Like, on the way here, I was like, I think Ed and Deanna are the liberal enclave of Huntington Beach and that's it. Just you guys. Like, it's literally <laughs> yeah. just you dudes.
0: Do you find it living here, like, m- more inspiring or less inspiring, like, creatively?
3: It is increasingly, increasingly more. That's okay. what I was... Uh, saying to the person i think i grew up completely at war with huntington beach as a kid yeah you grow up and you're in this area and Uh it's just like a bunch of jocks and and i felt like maybe, maybe maybe any kid does i want to get out of here this place sucks i want to move somewhere else kind of thing yeah but then through circumstances i just became tied here through starting a company and then skateboarding was kind of based here yeah so everything was here and i didn't i just ended up staying here but through travel and coming back and and seeing it i started to realize like this is a paradise like i'm stupid to live like why would you move away from southern california because every time i go around the world to all these cool places and i'm telling these people man copenhagen's so great like i want to live here and they just go wait you're from southern california are you fucking crazy i would give my right arm to live in Southern california And they go, you're here in Copenhagen the one month. It is sunny. Like, try living the rest of the year or you will fucking hate this place. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I kind of, like, started realizing, like, yeah, maybe people are right. Like, this is insane. Like, I don't care about the stupid jocks that live here. Stupid jocks are everywhere. It's like, this is over time, you know? And then I started realizing, like, yeah, everything about, you don't have to look very far to find inspiration and uh Source material for sure.
1: Because yeah, I always think part of me is always like, why don't Indiana move? Like, not even just like to another. Like, I'm like, why don't they just move like closer to like L.A. Like, we, we thought about it. Yeah, but but then in a weird way, I mean, th- this is like where you. This is like where everything you do sort of came from. And I wonder, do you were Like, I know you've thought about it. Do you think like, oh, it would kind of fuck up our creative equation if we like all of a sudden we're in another space?
3: I don't. I don't know. I don't think it would mess up anything because I could still use the same. I've lived here long enough to where there's like a well of stuff that even if I was living in Germany right now, I could still make a suburban show and it wouldn't be any different, you know, or something like that. But uh, it just was practical stuff. We we started looking and, you know, we would be trading this five-bedroom huge house with a driveway and parking and everything for like a three-bedroom house with maybe parking fending for parking on a street yeah. somewhere. Yeah, And, you know, then we started, I don't know, we just started thinking about traffic and all this stuff. <laughs> You're know, like, we have it pretty good here. We live right by the health food store that we go to every single day. Yeah. And, and we have space. We have a pool. Our niece can come over and swim and I have a studio space in the garage and just like, and we can be up in L.A. in one
0: hour. Like, yeah, have, close to the beach too.
3: We're right by the beach
0: oh, in yeah. a way. Like, yeah.
3: you know, we're not that far. And uh, Yeah, it just kind of started making sense. Like, wait, we'd be we'd be downsizing. But then the plus side would be a lot of, we don't have as many friends down here. Everyone has kind of migrated to up there. So, you know, culturally and socially, it would be a lot better. We'd see a lot of stuff. But then there's the other side of that same equation where maybe being out here gives me space to like create stuff and I I don't have to go to every opening that's happening. It's true. I think
1: you'd almost be like overly inundated by culture. Whereas there's something, yeah, there's something to being like, Aside, like away from it, where you can actually come up with your own shit, as opposed to just being always so aware of what everyone else is doing. Yeah, which I think is important. But it's interesting where you're telling where you were talking about you guys deciding on a house. I always think you and Deanna are like the, this interesting, like the most adult version of in the skate, like the the two biggest adults in skateboarding. <laughs> 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 like that's such adult shit. Like oh, we looked at we, when we were looking, and we looked at like a health food store. It's like yeah. <laughs> you guys are like this this like family unit at like I mean there sure there's other people but like you're you two are like this weird lo- not weird lo- long running like skate couple and like this bizarre like little dirtbag industry full of like punk kids and you're like you're like the nuclear
3: family. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I, I mean <laughs> I well, I mean I guess I can I can kind of <coughs> maybe put a I mean, I ran. I mean, I guess I had my own company. That's what it was.
1: You had to be like you had to be like the. New know, dad I just faster. I was like
3: I'm bringing I'm bringing my wife on tour, which is even saying it out loud sounds weird. Yeah. Like if a, if if a writer came to me and said, "Hey, I'm going to bring my girlfriend on tour," I'd be like, "Are you fucking psycho?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I, but then I can do it. It's like I'm bringing Deanna though. Yeah. I <laughs> just have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, that happened so early that she became sort of lore almost. Like I think the writers would be like the tour would come up and they'd be like, wait, Deanna's not coming. Yeah. Because she would like drive the van and like take care of people and bring water and stuff. More famous <laughs> and it became
1: lots of skateboarders. Yeah. And it
3: became really, like everyone just like, Hey man, we like having her around. And it's like, we realize like we can still say the same yeah. stuff in front of her. She's not going to trip out, you know, yeah. she's, you know, uh, yeah, she just became like part of the, part of the landscape there. And for so long that I think now it's like not even people don't even bat an eye.
1: No, I like, I didn't, I was like, yeah, I want to put Deanna in a graphic because I was like, she belong, like she's skateboarding, like it'd be weird to me if she wasn't in one. Like she's so like before yeah. I knew you, I knew of you guys. Yeah,
3: it's weird hearing it from people from other people. Like I've heard it like Kevin uh, Barnett, our filmer, would say stuff too. Like yeah, like you know they, I guess they, that Duff's ad. Yeah, people was, you know, Kevin would say like yeah, all those like. All the skater kids had a crush on you and stuff. Like, in some weird way, she was like a sex symbol too. It was c- like? Oh yeah, skaters. skaters
1: can get girlfriends. <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, you can like, we can get married and stuff. It was like this weird, like, oh no, you can have like sort of a normal existence. Yeah. Like, oh Ed's Ed's had a girlfriend forever, and he's
3: a skater. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was like, I was scared to kind of say I was married at the beginning when I, because at the time there wasn't that many married skate. Like, it was like a sign that you were. Old or uh, way too adult or something. Which might not I be mean, cool. was there
1: anybody else like around your time, like contemporaries that were married? I mean,
3: Mike yeah, Velely. I feel like Chris Miller might have been married. Like I don't know. Some there was some people who. When were, did Mike V get married? Um, a little after us, I think. Okay.
1: But yeah, it was it's that's not a gay. normal thing, really. It's like a thing dudes do like after they're like way done and that's the thing you did it for so young.
3: How was that Mike's wedding? We went. He went to Vegas. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like you got married so young like you know when you were kind of at your like skating peak you were like a full-blown married man yeah like skate did you, did you like skate contests with a wedding ring
3: no i never wore wedding ring, wedding no. ring rings and necklaces and things bothered me <laughs> i can't have like it. like in
0: general or when you're when in you're general, skating yeah okay
3: yeah like i try to wear a watch i can't wear a watch. Yeah, and I had a ring on and It was just literally constantly fidgeting with it. Like, did you ever oh try wow. to get? Did someone
1: try to get you a watch sponsor, and you were like, "I can't wear this." I did have a watch sponsor. Who? G Shock. Oh snap! And, uh,
0: what, Were you G- expecting like Rolex? Or no, I thought like G-Shock's maybe perfect perfect Nixon one. or whatever. No, 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 no this was no.
3: before Nixon. <laughs> Nixon became a thing. That was a long time ago. Nineties uh, G Shock sponsor. I designed a G Shock. Cool. I don't even remember getting that much money for that. You hear that G-Shock? <laughs> <laughs> you owe him money. <laughs> we did a commercial too. Really? Yeah, like a G-Shock commercial. Wow! Shit! I bet if you Google G-Shock no, want, commercial in I, Templeton, it might show up. I
1: Uh-oh. bet you that G-Shock is probably worth something now.
3: I want you to look at him. You're like a watch guy. Yeah, so. man. I want to check it out.
1: Um, I, sh- I should know. You should probably give. They me gave
3: me some <laughs> a metal one, like a kind of an upscale one. Oh, nice. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's worth something.
1: <laughs> That's why I always think about the fact you've probably haven't you haven't bought clothing or shoes. In like twenty five years,
3: I started to at the in the end.
1: Yeah, year. you bought a suit for your opening, real adult.
3: No, I bought like I bought some stuff. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, that's not like the a other part day, of your like, life. in the last th- two years, I started buying like some J Crew pants and stuff and uh, things like that. But you
0: just lost. Oh yeah, overall, fans. yeah. I've but like as far been. as like t shirts and oh like, yeah, skate I haven't shoes. bought anything. This, no, yeah,
3: it's really foreign to me buying clothes. Because the Ruka jeans are so good, and like all the shirts are so good, and, like <laughs> yeah, I just get yeah. The new thing is they just go. Here's a here's a five hundred dollar coupon for the web store because they have a new warehouse system thing where right you know, you used to be able to just go to the warehouse and like bring a cart and just start throwing stuff. You no, know, I like, went to the oh, warehouse once God, and took uh, like a thousand dollars worth of clothing but for no reason. But I think no they reason. realized <sighs> that a lot of people were abusing that. You no,
1: know, they told me they were losing like six grand a day. Yeah, like something insane. Yeah.
3: Jesus. So now they give, like, certain key people, like, basically a a free carte blanche on the website, and you can order stuff, and it just gets shipped right to you.
0: That's good. That is super cool.
3: But you don't get to see, like, the weird stuff that's sitting to the side that you want to grab, you know? Yeah. The The old stuff. (laughs) But it's funny, because it's like, they have so much, they make so much stuff. Like, we were watching our niece play volleyball at the beach, and I accidentally broke some lady's umbrella. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, like, mess with it, and it broke. (laughs) I was like i can have ruka send you one of those <laughs> a ruka umbrella yeah, they have beach umbrellas <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me out of some jams <laughs>
0: that's, that's so it. fun what's the weirdest thing they make
3: i well i don't go to the warehouse anymore so i don't know i mean yeah, i was kind of surprised they they make like uh you know like I, uh laptop cases and just all sorts of uh, that's
2: so funny they might even
3: have a lawn chair now used to I just be like four
0: t-shirts that's like your only options. Yeah.
3: they have a full girls' line, so they make bags and oh. make like, accessories and stuff. I mean, yeah. That's How long? I mean,
1: is this like? It seems like you've you know we we talked about this a little, but like you you know you you keep becoming like more of an adult, but it's almost like skateboarding won't let you leave really. Like, you're always, like, joking to me, like, yeah, I'm just, like, every time I go to America, I think they're going to be like, yeah, you're done, dude. And and they never are. They're like, no, man, you're, like, with us forever. Yeah. And But, like, it's like you, in a weird way, think you're about to get booted from the sport, and they, ne- like, it's like you're not allowed.
3: There's there's two sides to that, I guess. I feel like I just never wanted, wanted anything from skateboarding, or I never expected anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't expect to have, I don't know. There's, I just knew there was no cushy ride. There's no, there's no level you get where then you're, you're set for life or any yeah. kind of skateboarding. I mean, when, so you're, when you're done, you're done. When you're, when you're through being useful, you're mm-hmm. kind of gone. And I would tell my writers that even. Like I get a guy on the team right now and I say, I kind of lay it out to him just so I feel like they have a framework. Because I feel like sometimes kids get into this and they think, this is my life. Right. And I want to say like, this is not your life. you're gonna live 80 let's say you live 80 years 10 of them if you're lucky are gonna be making money as a pro (laughs) skateboarder you know there's a lot of stuff left after this 20 years or something you know if you're lucky like it's not and so I don't know I just felt like and I realized like the idea of sponsorship is we're endorsing you because kids want to be like you right you know kids want to buy stuff that you're endorsing because you're such a rad skater yeah so I was like you know I knew right off the bat (laughs) excuse me the first you know you're done when you're done you're done like you're not when you're useless you're useless and no <laughs> one's gonna pay you for it yeah. so i kind of knew i i didn't exempt myself from that right and so yeah every time i'd get a call from america in the later years i really thought like oh this is it right you're taking yeah. me to olive garden <laughs> 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 That's an inside joke because uh, that where they boot the team people? writer, the team writer Jeff Henderson, took a guy to Olive Garden as his like kickoff dinner. <laughs> and ever since then, the whole joke's been like, if if Jeff wants you to go to Olive Garden, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then it just that was just shorthand going to Olive Garden. <laughs>
1: but yeah, they won't let you. And I, you're not. There's like a maybe. There's a small group of skaters that, like, don't leave. They just, like, because of whatever, whatever you've done in the sport, That is not necessarily even your skating. skating. There's something else to it where there's, like, a, small, a very tiny group of guys that get to still be in it past when they're, like, technically as good. Yeah. It's, like, you, Gons... There's a lot of
3: guys Ray Barbie, Ray Barbie. Cardio, there's tons. Cardio, Grosso, Grosso tons Mike of guys. V. I mean if I don't know, you have I don't know. I feel really loved yeah. by everybody. It feels nice to have gone into that legend status, you know. Yeah. I hate saying that. It's, it <laughs> it's true though. But you know, I guess enough time has passed where I I understand it, you know. I understand it and I guess it's just weird to it's weird to be that guy. But then I don't necessarily want to be that guy who's like why is this guy still sticking around either? yeah you know like yeah. i definitely have other things to do and i you know i enjoy like being able to show up at a premiere and i can just face my way in without having to being on the list or something right it's like hey there's that templeton cool yeah. come on in you're,
0: you're like a skate legend or whatever um you think it helps that you have like you mean you started your own company and like you weren't just like oh that that's a guy who's still floating around I just wanted so you, to be, you
3: contribute. You yeah, know I, I mean? participated yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when Big Brother was around, I would hang out there. We did, we'd do stuff and just have fun and make write I articles th- and like do. You know, I was yeah, mm-hmm. I was always trying to be part of stuff. I never felt like I was in a clique in skateboarding. For instance, like back in the mid '90s, it was really clicky. You'd show up at a contest and it was like, oh, the girl guys are over there, and you, they don't hang out with the freaking Santa Cruz guys over here. Yeah, not right. really Cool, and like so, it was like the cool guys, and I was always just like, oh. Hey Santa Cruz guys, hey like I just walk and sit with the guys like like what? Are you gonna do something about this? Like yeah. you know, and they and I think over time they just realized like, oh it's cool, he's a free form. Like he can he can come hang out with like uh, us and then I'll be over there talking to these guys and I, I was just, you know, liked everybody and just I like purposely tried to break down like there's no clicks here, like we're all just skaters and it's we're I in think the same boat.
1: Maybe you know? part of it when I think about like what it is that made that for some reason keeps you as a part of it and relevant to even young skaters is you seem to have lived most of your life is like skateboarding. You stayed in the sport and the other, and, and when you started doing things outside of skateboarding, it was like you, it wasn't like super corporate or lame. It was like, Oh, he, he, he like went about it like always almost in the way a skater would do it. It's like, "Oh, now he's going to just make these paintings and we've always always we always already liked his graphics, so then now he's going to do these paintings and it just seemed like in it seemed like a natural inline progression that didn't seem like cuz skaters are super kind of judgy about like yeah. selling out and being lame. It's like a similar like a punk ethos.
3: That's definitely where it came from. I think I mean the idea for me of doing a company was how do you how do you mix business with something that you truly love? Like right. this, the the idea of skateboarding as the pure, just essence of what it is, and then to bring business into it ruins it. Yeah, in my head. So I was like, how can how can I do this? And I would look, and I definitely looked at Fugazi and Ian McKay and Discord as a as an example of like, here's someone who's doing business but staying true to themselves, and so I mean that was like that was the guiding light in a way like how can I do this and I, I guess the way I approached it was like you know how do you make an ad trying to sell people skateboards my way was through comedy I guess I was just yeah. like okay I'm gonna just shoot the whole idea of an ad in the foot and I'm gonna pretend that I'm like a mega company, who <laughs> like I'm gonna do stuff in my ads that Nike wishes they could do. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about subliminal messaging and like, yeah, and just go over the top, like corporate. You know, you must buy it. Purchase is yeah. mandatory. Blood just, sucking. Yeah, blood. Brainwash. I mean, we, from the beginning, it was yeah. like the name was Toy Machine Blood Sucking Skateboard Company. That's the name of the. That's the official name of the company, and uh, and I worried about because I. You know, I worried that it was like people can think this is a vampire company vampire <laughs> 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 like we saw the, fangs, blood
0: yeah. sucking you know like,
3: yeah. uh, is this goth yeah <laughs> you know blood sucking in the, in the way of like some corporate corporate yeah. 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 yeah, yeah corporate blood sucker might be and uh yeah and so all the ads just made fun of it and I always maintained that the advertising part is just a facade like I was I always wanted to shoot holes in the whole idea of it and I would say that I would basically be frank about it like look all skateboards are the same <laughs> it's nine <laughs> plies of maple yeah they're all essentially the same and all the company eth uh, mystique is just marketing like there's no difference between a girl and a toy machine skateboard right except for the people that ride it and the packaging that's presented it so let's just make fun of that it's it's totally stupid yeah here's my way of presenting skateboards and people buy it it's like I I I say that out loud, and people still. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's maybe I'm partly to blame for the rise of blank skateboards. <laughs> no, but uh, well, I mean, I didn't talk about that in ads and stuff. But I mean, I was always frank about it. I'm mean, like, it's it's essentially a marketing venture. Well, that's
1: I mean, that's what toy machine people that love toy machine. It's it, it is like a you're like kind of the art house team, like or like kind of the company that's like a little weirder and cooler and like indie feeling. Yeah. But like well, we always
3: maintain skateboarding. Like for me, it's always been that, like when I sit down to an ad, it's like, I want to do all this bullshit in the ad, but the key, the the first tenant is awesome skateboard trick. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the key. And the videos too. It's like always skating first, packaging second, you know? Cause if it goes, if it starts being about, Hey, check it out, check it out. We're artsy. And, and the skating is lacking right. then yeah no one really no one's going to really care you have to like there's a standard i guess yeah that i think toy machine has maintained this whole time we well, yeah, had level, gnarly, high level skating
1: gnarly riders yeah. throughout history like who became huge stars
3: yeah i feel like i've had a pretty good idea of like who's good yeah but then there's the other side of it is like it's not just being good it's personality we've had a lot of plenty of good guys that were just weirdos that we didn't want and that's <laughs> been the other side of it is like not taking shit from people. You know, I kicked Musk off yeah, because he was being an asshole. And wow.
1: Did you kick Getz
3: off too? No, he left.
0: He left. Musk got kicked off because he's being an asshole. And Like in what way? I feel like you can get away with so much assholery and skating. That's By the way, being an asshole within skateboarding, pretty high level. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what did he do?
3: Well, it was there was a straw. There was a straw there that broke the camel's back. And, I, and me and Musk are super good friends now. Yeah. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the period... <clears throat> You know, he's an incredible skater, but he's completely just a drunk and would get belligerent and try to fight everybody on the team all the oh, time, yeah. like on in tour, you know, like if he didn't get his way. And it culminated at the premiere of Welcome to Hell, which didn't happen. Like the premiere, the sign was up, kids are waiting in line, the computer crashes, and we can't get the tape. We can't even make the premiere copy of the tape. Right. So... After all this waiting and super long time of thinking we were gonna get it, finally Jamie, you know, drives up and just says, we're, we're it's done, we can't do this. Muska explodes on me in front of this crowd of kids. So it was like a little ego too. It was like I'm sitting there and Muska comes, gets in my face, like, You always fuck
2: everything up, you fucking
3: blew this fucking <laughs> premiere, you wrecked my premiere, man. This is my premiere. Like all oh, you know, just getting all crazy. But I'm and I'm sitting there just like getting yelled at and I'm looking at this whole this giant audience of kids. So I was yeah. just like, Oh, this is the point. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're fucking off, dude. Fuck this shit. You know? I pulled Jamie aside, I'm like, I'm kicking Chad off right now. Are you are you backing that? He's just like, Yeah, I back it. And I'm like, all right, you're fucking off. Fuck. And then, you know, drove home that night and I get a call from Muska like, Give me my footage back, you motherfucker. I'm gonna get the Dago mafia on your ass. You're getting fucking I'm gonna kill you. Like death threats from Muska. Like, oh, no, he's gonna get his gang on us and stuff. And you know And it really well, I mean the other day uh, we had a team meeting and Kevin recalled a quote he heard me say. I don't remember saying it. Um I guess I was at a demo and this is before he was, this is he was a kid. We're in he's from Kansas City. So we were doing a demo in Kansas City toy machine demo. He's a big toy machine fan. And he was next to a kid who asked me, "Hey, why is Muska off the team?" And I guess I said, I'm not gonna suck people's dick to be on the team. Or <laughs> something something that and Kevin was like, dude, it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but that's kind of been the policy. It's like I'm not gonna babysit people, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna coddle people and let them be an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's a there's a human element to this too. And that's what to me what makes a writer. It's like you can be super good, but if you're unsufferable in the van, then I don't then I don't really wanna deal with it. It's my life. There's too. all kinds of spend my life like catering to some guy no, just because not. i think he's gonna make a dollar for me that's yeah that's like it's like the f- the fun part of it and the like team part of it is just as important as being good it's like you have to be good plus you have to be cool and we want to hang out with you that's, yeah that's a big key for us and and personality it's like if i don't see a personality that i can like play with like look at a guy like daniel lutheran he's like dripping personality he's like so easy to work with yeah i can promote so many things about him because he's like a fun guy he's, he's like fun to look at fucking rad yeah that's what i mean he's rad but he's also got the thing so he's like the perfect person for me like right. say, like daniel lutheran is like the the key for like a a good person for toy machine even leo i mean i i like foster the idea that these guys are out doing bands and stuff like you know you got josh harmony doing music and yeah painting and like i just i love that side of it i like
1: i mean it's, I it it's it. It, enc- it kind of i think because i think skateboarding super important culturally and, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it in that way, but since I was never actually a part of it, like, I was just, like, a legit fan, I've always thought it was really, really culturally important. And stuff like that was... where was it, it was, like, showing that these people could be almost like athletes but also creative people at the same time. It was, like, basically, you could be super gnarly and aggressive and have, like, almost all the elements that make a good athlete good without all the weird... Jock mentality parts.
3: Yeah, there's no jockiness. Yeah. there is now, but there wasn't. There is, but without like, I mean,
1: there <laughs> it is was was like, look t-
0: at this regular kid do something. Yeah, there was like more of a connection between when I used to see it skating and BMX biking and stuff. It was like, oh, I can do that because I'm like that kid's like me. Not you know.
3: Yeah, no, it's just a, it was just a bunch of dirtbags doing stuff. Yeah, that's, I mean that's in eight I started in '85, and and you know this whole story, but I mean, skateboarding wasn't cool. No, was not cool. You were getting your ass kicked for being a skater. You yeah, were like, you got the made dorks. fun of all the time. We had our weird fashion, yeah. you know, having some weird bangs and like weird gear. The mixed squeeze. We were stupid, you know, yeah. and uh, and th- I mean the people. So the people who were drawn to it were kind of outcasts. It wasn't like the big man on campus thing. No. But then fast forward to like I mean, even Tosh. Tosh was like a pro skateboarder and going to to Beach High School. He was like. The big man on campus, you know yeah. it's like uh, it 's changed, and I think there's a jockism side to skateboarding for sure there's dudes who can approach it like i 'm training and I 'm skating, and i 'm doing this like, yeah. but that wasn 't really how it was when I started. It was mostly just estranged kids coming from broken yeah. homes. Everyone I knew all my friends were all from broken homes, including me. we all just were like disenfranchised kids who found skating because it was an individual thing. It was the opposite of team sports. Um, it's a
1: thing you can do without friends
3: yeah you can just go out and do it (laughs) and your parents
1: you leave your house for hours your parents don't know where you are they're like what are you doing
3: I've just literally been in the parking lot trying tricks for five hours you know like that's what we did yeah and dealing with like almost getting your ass kicked out there you know yeah I was uh did I tell you my Jason Jesse story no long time ago I was skating by myself in a parking lot as we just talked about (laughs) uh (laughs) And, uh, this car drives by kind of slow. And I was like, uh, it's a little weird. And then they, they circled back and I was like, oh shit, I think, I think I'm going to get fucked with, you know? So this car drives up and low, kind of a low rider's car. And I, and I hear like, what's up skater fag? I'm like, oh God, (laughs) like I'm going to get beat up right now or something, you know? And then they drive up closer and I'm like, Jason, Jesse, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) He's like, oh, Ed, hey. I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, oh, we're just, like, fucking with kids. I'm like, what? (laughs) like, what are you even doing down here? He's, like, from up north. And I'm like, he's like, oh, I'm going on a fishing trip with my bro here. (laughs) We just saw a skater and thought we'd fuck with him. Sorry, man. (laughs) Dude, Jason's the weird...
1: I don't know him, but Mike, he's just the weirdest dude ever.
3: Yeah. He's... No, he's he's definitely, like, Gons psycho.
1: He's definitely, like, a legendary weirdo.
3: Yeah. And, uh... So, the point was, like, um... Yeah, I, I would... I would joke. The joke would be like people ask me what I do. I'm like I'm a prof- professional athlete. Ha <laughs> <Like, laughs> ha. Yeah, Because you know, like, yeah, yeah. people would look at you like, wait, what? Like, yeah. You know, I was like never. I was always skinny, and then I started getting a pot belly later. And it's yeah, like, whatever. You know, like, uh you know, like and I would so, tell people yeah. like they just look at me like what? You're like an old man. <laughs> Are you a Golfer? You're like an old fat man. What like billiards? A professional <laughs> athlete. But that's the thing. I never. It was always about just being a kid, you know, not, not jock. And then, you know, jocks were like our enemies. That was the thing. You <laughs> know, yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Fucking jocks. <laughs> like back then, how was it even pop? Like skateboarding was so like, there was no central organization. There was no, like, how did you even become, how did you become pro? How was there like a way for kids to be like, I'm going to achieve this. I want to be a professional skateboarder for a living. Cause now you can't. You can do that, and you go. Yeah, there is so many of those. You yeah, like there's... discovered at Woodward or some shit. Yeah, there is yeah. companies. and well, for me, and sponsors. I have a
3: specific situation, and luck is a huge part of it, mm-hmm. and chance is a huge part of it. When I started eighty five, you know, skateboarding was is based here. It still is ba- essentially based in Southern California. So, right. mm. so I am growing up under the nose of all the skateboard companies i mean vision was the hugest company at the time and they were in costa mesa yeah mesa, Beach, it's like the next town over so if i was any good at all i was gonna get seen no matter what right. I lived here like now i mean fast forward five years in the 90s every kid who was even good would basically essentially have to come out to california to get seen here so wow. jamie thomas is from alabama he like came to san diego to hang you yeah. know to be here and ever you know there's tons of stories of skate houses that would just you know people would rent an apartment and it'd be like 10 kids living in it yeah. from all different places trying to like go skate all those famous spots and get seen and that's how you get noticed but see i grew up here so wow. i was kind of had the home court advantage i just,
0: just walk out your door <laughs> yeah
3: essentially so you know that's like the big chance factor is that and jason lee too me and jason lee grew up in the same town and we skated together and got noticed together and all the same. So things.
0: you would just go to like popular areas?
3: Well, we, we're the popular
0: area. I mean, like the
3: Huntington Beach High School uh-huh. was the spot. Oh, wow. I mean, you probably...
1: have seen it in tons of, you know, know...
3: I mean, in the in those early days, Huntington Beach High School was like a mecca, one of the meccas of skateboarding. Uh-huh. It was like Embarcadero, Huntington, yeah. Huntington Beach High School. And while we went to school there, um, the basketball courses across the street was this place called Pay and Play Racquetball Courts. There was racquetball courts and then baske- a bunch of basketball courts. Every Friday night, it became this warrior-style meeting of everybody. It just became like Pay and Play, you know, tonight at Pay and Play. And kids from all their surrounding areas would drive to Pay and Play on Friday nights, Saturday nights, with object obstacles in their car. Like a dude from La Mirada would bring a jump ramp, and some dudes from Costa Mesa would bring their slider bar, and just throw it down on the ground, and it just became this huge SWAT meet of skateboarders skating yeah. stuff. It, and Gons and notus would, Whoa. like, it became, like, pros would start showing up, like, hey, we heard about these cool sessions going down. Yeah. It was impromptu sessions. That was a hotbed of innovation. So much changed. Skateboarding, I watched it change right there. Yeah. Ray Barbie was there. Fuck. Nottis, Gons was there. Everybody, you know, Jesus me and Christ. Jason Lee were there. All these, like, Damn. other future pros were there before, yeah. as we were just kids. In the daytime, freestylers started just going there. So we'd be at school, and at lunchtime, I'd look over, and there'd be, like, Don Brown with Rodney Mullen skating the paint and basketball. Oh. It was just nice, smooth cement. So, yeah. And that became a thing. It was a, literally an innovation hub because you get all those people together, and it would just push push skateboarding. I remember, like, watching jump wrapping turning to ollieing off the ramp. And like, yeah. And hand-plant circles, like, started dying, and it became <laughs> flat-ground circles, and, like, then lines... No one was doing that stuff. We were like taking the freestyle tricks and doing it in our lines, and we started incorporating all these like freestyle moves into our skating. and I—I I mean, I have a story I've told a lot where I remember bringing Don Brown from the back. I'm like, hey, like this is—I'm a little kid, I don't even know this guy, but he's like a pro skater who rides for Vision. He's a freestyler. Yeah. Um, we were in the school skating, and I like did an, an impossible down the down like a four stair or five stair. Yeah, and I was like, dude, he's got to see this. So I went over <laughs> to this. And I'm like, dude, come over here and check this out. And he's just like a nice guy, so he's like, oh yeah, come over. And, and he like recounts the story later too. Like now, you know, he's like the CEO of America, yeah. you know, like, or Vice President of America. So he's my boss essentially now. But he remembers at the time. He, he he like he's like, yeah, I came over and watched, and he did an impossible down the stairs. And he just and he went in his head. He's like, I'm done. Yeah, like I'm. I'm, I'm re- fuck this! I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like, like, I basically pushed him out of skateboarding yeah. by him seeing that. Like, oh shit! Like, you I'm, told me I'm obsolete.
1: S- you know, you told me a oh, similar no, no. story about going to the Tampa Am, and it was maybe you and Salman Aga, and you were watching in the contest, and you were both just like, yeah, we're this is insane. Oh, that happened. Or Tampa recently. Pro. That yeah. happened.
3: Re- like over the last couple of years. Yeah, the, there was a contest here uh, called the Maloof Money Cup uh-huh it's this new form of contest where they essentially build a complete cement skate park and then tear it down afterwards Jesus whoa that's yeah, insane <laughs> it's
0: impossible to find anywhere
2: no
3: i think yeah. i think they realized that that's really a bad look <laughs> yeah and they started doing them building them and then leaving them there for like they organized it so it was like okay we're going to build a park and leave it there for the kids to skate forever, oh, okay like, to work much in the better cities. Solution. but at first yeah. it was literally building a full with landscaping and plants And then it would just be gone The next day um, How many bummed out kids Are skating <laughs> like, up the next morning Like yeah. what
0: It's how Yeah it's yeah. insane
3: It would just kind of like Everyone That was the big talk Would be like really They're just gonna <laughs> They build this insane skate park And they're just gonna build it Like break it down the next day Jackhammer it um, <laughs> Wow Like it's one thing To build out of wood But something yeah. Like a real cement park So yeah, I think I was looking at that, and I, and the course kind of like was a little smaller and had some fun obstacles that I could be, I could you know be good at. And I was yeah. like, man, I think I could like, I think I could place in this contest. Like, <laughs> but then I watched Tori Pudwell do a run. Yeah, and it included like a backsmith around a curved bench to kickflip out, or you know, yeah, was not all these in, like all in a row? Just and I was just like, oh yeah, the the <laughs> level is so high now. Like as much as I thought the obstacles were fit me, yeah. What they were, the guys were doing on them now was well, just ludicrous. It
1: seems like they're doing in contest runs what you used to put in a video part.
3: Yeah. No, they're just really <laughs> consistent and good. And was, yeah. Because I was a contest guy. I mean, I was consistent. Yeah. I could, like, land everything, and that's why I won so many contests was I could do this stuff. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this, but in 1990, I went to Munster, the big world championships. like So, essentially, the world championships of skateboarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had just come off a month-long tour of the U.S., my first tour, every single day, sk- 30 demos in 30 days, something insane, like a really uh, grueling tour. Was that with television? This was, this, was, uh, this was essentially a Mike Valley tour. Right. He was on World Industries but was at odds with everybody on World Industries. <laughs> and so he said, Rocco, I'm going to do my own tour with my guys, Felix and Dune, and I'm going to bring my friend Ed. So New Deal didn't have the money to like do a tour. We didn't have an organization to do a right. tour. So I got to go on this tour, which really helped launch New Deal, because it's like, who's this guy writing for New Deal, skating, you know, get doing getting to do a US tour? Um, but the crucible of that tour made me super good. Thirty demos in thirty days. So every day I'm skating new op schools. You know, showing off for kids, ripping. Then I get to a contest, and it was just like, yeah, this the is same cake. Same thing almost. Yeah, this is cake. I'm going to just destroy this contest. I'm, I got all my tricks down 100%. And also
1: at the same time, the, dudes, the other dudes in the contest were kind of at the end of their career. Completely,
3: yeah. So, for instance, you know, dressing would be like, tail slide the ramp. Yeah. Power slide. <laughs> uh, you know, like board slide the rail, end with a nose wheelie. You know, right, like uh, Scott Oster like would hear like fifteen seconds and he would go into a nose wheelie for fifteen seconds like <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh and then in contrast, yeah, I'm like impossible tail grabbing over the hip, like nose yeah. grinding the rail, which no one had seen at that point in time, you know, like no one was skating, like literally the rail was just built to be board slid at that point. Right. And so anything different was just like, Whoa, I did a one foot to board slide. Yeah. And uh Ugh. you know, like, yeah, and yeah it was like hands down no one wanted that's this is the thing so this is like a kid an unknown kid coming to a contest <laughs> and all the guys judging are like dressing's bros and like yeah you know they don't want those me to guys win. were big they don't time want skaters. me to win at all so i had to like be insanely highly scored to yeah. even win because they were not giving me any benefits of the doubt you know there was no like the judges were sitting there like fuck this kid man i want my bro dressing <laughs> to win pretty much you know you sort of
1: retired a bunch of dudes
3: you know, my generation did in general, but yeah, I mean, I mean at who that else contest, would have been, it was kind of like who that. Else would have I mean, been Jason like Lee was at, in that contest, Jason,
1: too. it would have been Eric Dressen, was Hasoy in it?
3: Yeah, Hasoy. Dude.
1: Caballero? That same,
3: so, for instance, this that month, there was a contest circuit, mm-hmm. a European contest circuit, including the World Championships. So, every weekend was a new contest around Europe. It was kind of like the thing. Everyone, Every year, everyone, all the skaters would go out to Europe and kind of travel from contest to contest Yeah. And do the thing. And... uh. That year, I won everything. Every I won every single contest. <laughs> it's wow. like unheard of. <laughs> you ran the table. Like, yeah, I just won the won the the mastership, which is like the big one, the world championships. Mm. And I sensed that what we were talking about, how like you know you're a new kid, like they don't want you to win. So the next one was in Belgium, and I co won with Haseo. <laughs> That's amazing. Because <laughs> That's because so and funny. that was a situation where the the judges are like. Like, people going to hang us if this guy... Yeah. Did. Like, he clearly won. We need won. to sell like, merchandise. Yeah. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. The, like, this kid clearly won. So, it's like, both number one, Hasoy and this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: these kids came to see Hasoy win.
3: Yeah. Essentially. Wow. So, that was... It. And then, the uh, there was one in France, and I won that one. It was just like... Was Hasoy cool to you? Yeah. He was mellow. Okay. Everyone was pretty... Like, everyone was... There was what no, was, what uh, was his outfit like? I got a dick story. Like... uh huh. But I was a dick too. <laughs> That's the skate that people there is a part of skate
1: culture that is like kind of dickish.
3: My dick my dickness was being like wanting to show off too much. Right. So my the story is uh we got this opportunity to skate. This is like I'm in high school. Jason Lee is Left high school already, so he. I'm super jealous because I'm like still in school, and he's basically not in school, so he gets to go skate while everyone's in school, and start seeing like pros and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he'd call me like, "Dude, I skate with Mark Gonzalez yesterday." Be like, "Damn it!" Like, you know, so pissed. <laughs> I'm doing homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, like, and then he calls me up. He's just like, "Hey, Mark invited us to go skating with him this weekend." Whoa. I was just like, "Are you kidding me? This is insane! Oh my god!" Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, "Dude, we're gonna meet at Marty Jimenez's house." He was like another Vision Pro, yeah. mm-hmm. and we we knew where he lived because we're like little kid stalkers in the neighborhood. I wanted that board so bad. He had a, he had a ramp in his backyard, so Fuck. so we we showed up at Marty's house. Like, we're here to skate with like with uh, with guns, like. Uh, and he's just, and everyone was really cool. Like, I think mm-hmm. they had seen us around. They were like, "Oh yeah, yeah these local skate kids. are really they're cool and they're good and stuff." So they were nice to us, and they were like, yeah, come on in. Like, so we're hanging out at Marty Jimenez's house. And like, and then Gons rolls up, and we see the car behind him. is notice is in it. Oh and so at God. the time, this is mind-blowing, Gons and Gons are like the huge,
1: st- They're the street skating icons of all time. Yeah, they're, of they're the time. pinnacle of street skating. Not as mean, right. Gons you know and Tommy Guerrero.
3: Yeah. So Gons and Gons are in a car saying, like, let's go. We're going to go skating. And we went to the Santa Ana Courthouse and all these spots and everything. So my dickness was we had already, you know, this was our spot kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. we were skating the rail and we knew that Gons had skated a rail. Cause this is at this point, this is in its infancy mm-hmm. like rail skating. Was, yeah. We heard Gon skated a rail. <laughs> so but we at that point
1: st- he like boneless a rail or was he all, I think them? he
3: did some stuff. He had done some stuff on some rails. This is okay. a little bit after like there was a video where they showed Gons and not board sports some little like three stair rail. Right. Um, so my thing was like, let's, uh, Let's show off, you know. Like, let's. And I think I heard Nodis say over. I overheard Nodis say to guns, like, I never did a boardside of fakie yet. And I'm just like, bing, <laughs> watch this, buddy. Like, did a side of fakie right in front of him. And I think, you know, he was probably like, fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> 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 you know? And then I think he like kind of like made some remarks to us. And I was like, oh shit, Nodis hates us. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, like, this is another story where like years later, fast forward to like I know Nodis now, and I was like and i talked to him and i was just like man remember that time we skated together <laughs> like were you were you pissed at us and he's just like D- yeah you guys were little assholes <laughs> like you know he's like it's funny now and he apologized he's like yeah i'm sorry for being a dick i was probably just jealous and stuff and i'm like oh, i'm sorry for like trying to show up but you know what he did
1: to get revenge what sock pattern for quicksilver
3: oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that
1: Toy Machine is a very famous line of socks with mm-hmm. eyes that Ed has drawn that oh, are f- that that oh, that yeah. are super fucking famous for Ed having drawn them. And one day, a pair of Quicksilver socks popped up, looking incredibly similar, uh, and not as is as the creative director. Yeah, for Hurley, who he owns, was uh. he was now he's somewhere else.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know what he does. Now.
1: And it was so similar, even not even you, but people on the internet were like, "Um, hey, <laughs> these look a lot like Toy Machine socks." And it was yeah. like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on over here?" Yeah yeah
3: i've noticed a weird backlash to that people if you try to claim something yeah people get real it's a divisive issue now it used to be kind of like yo yeah that guy's biting you now i feel like there's a like a 50 50 thing where there's other people saying you can't
0: own shit like that really yeah well there's just so many more opinions i guess the i thing now. is so
3: general that people get really mad if i start saying that looks like a toy machine so well, when it pops up and it's orange when it's like
1: yeah. You know, your character, Transistor Sect, which is in that little drawing right there, Mm -hmm. he's notably orange. He's orange. So the eye against orange is like a Transistor Sect design. So when someone does it and it's orange, you're like, hey, buddy. Like, it's, I mean, to me, it's so close that you, I mean, if I notice it instantly, and I've looked at hundreds of thousands of images in skateboarding and not in skateboarding, so if it clicks in my head that quickly... There's like a problem. <laughs> it, yeah, it is.
2: It,
3: it's it's weird. But at the same time, it's not like that. no. There's no did, way. I don't think he did the the actual artwork on that. No, but he might have saw it and went, yeah, go for it. Or something. Yep, something.
1: <laughs> I mean, has not Urban Outfitters done it too?
3: Yeah, but see, that one ended up being sort of a little. I I like. I posted a photo of a shoe that had an eye on the top, which yeah. looked exactly like toy she Shoesock. But apparently, there was another side of the shoe that was winking. Um, so when you see them together, it was more like a winking set of eyes. Still right. Pretty similar, but. Not, uh, it's tough with eyes, but you did yeah, essentially like, you know, do it I don't first. Own an, I don't own the eyeball, of course. <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe you should look into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Copyright uh, the eyeball, <laughs> yeah.
3: So, I don't know what we were talking about before, but
0: it, it must oh, be how, how you were a dick <laughs> the, the yeah, way you were, yeah. A that's
3: dick. that thing was just being a, being a dick in the way of just being super competitive, and I and I really put my any success I have in skateboarding to that kind of gene or whatever in me or competitive gene. But that's not your persona. No, I don't, I don't. You're known as well, like I a super it. nice I dude. It. I fight it. Like I, I'm, a, I'm able to admit to you, like I have a healthy ego. Right. But I also take lots of steps to not be that guy. Well, we talked about this guy. where
1: it must be, I mean, I've seen it happen a number of times where a lot of times someone will just a kid will roll up on you and basically be like, <laughs> you saved my life. Like you, every, I'm like, thank you for being you. Like, they're just like, you're the reason I do everything. You're like, you know, it must be a little odd to hear that. You've probably heard it hundreds and hundreds of times at this point. So it's like, how much of that do you let absorb versus. A lot. (laughs)
0: That's the thing. I take it all, I record it, I listen to it later. (laughs) I write their name down. Yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) I go to their house and go say it again. This is the hard thing. This is the hard thing. I mean, yeah i can I can get a big head I can blow my head up, but I don't let it out right I try to like check myself with that you know i try to you know i mean i guess i guess trying and being is the, in the same thing but i I have to be conscious of it yeah I have to be consciously saying, okay, calm down like <laughs> you know my grand. this is philosophical stuff, but I mean my grandfather read me this Rudyard Kipling poem, if it's a famous poem by Rudyard Kipling uh there's a line in it about um if you can take success and failure and treat those two imposters just the same then the world is yours my boy you know and he always emphasized like uh success and failure are both imposters yeah they're both not the normal right yeah yeah. and so you can't get too excited or too bummed when you fail you have to just keep an even keel right that's sort of why i feel like i've adopted that to some extent i don't you know when something good happens i'm not like yippee i'm just like cool yeah when something bad happens i try to just be like yeah fuck it, let's keep going (laughs) you know like and uh i mean you were super you know i get all this love from people and kids tell me that and i'm just like i get stoked i'm like that's awesome because i feel like i'm the one example that got to do the stuff that everyone would want to do yeah i actually nailed it like yeah a lot of its chance and i'm not saying that i like there's equal parts. I, I worked hard for what I, what I have. And I definitely believe in that. Like you, I definitely took what I got, but there was a lot of chance too. There's like, you have to admit that it's not all. Yeah. It's luck. Well, it's some of just, it. Yeah. A lot of it is just chance. I was at the right place at the right time. I started at the right time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the stuff I'm doing that kids are into. I just did 10 years before you did it. That's why you're looking at me and saying, Oh, this is the example I want to follow. Right. You know? Cause I was able to like see that and do it. I don't know. You know, I, but I and it's the exact same nugget that they have is what I had. I literally looked at a skate shop and, and I learned that the artwork on the Mark Gonzalez board and the Neil Blender board had been done by them. And I was just like, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like the guys that I'm looking up to in skating actually did the art for their own boards. That's rad. It wasn't just some hired artist. So that I made a mental note. If I ever turn pro, I'm going to do that too. And then five years later, I'm actually getting to turn pro. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm doing my own graphics. I'm like following that rule. Yeah. they were shitty i wasn't good at art, dude
1: the cat graphic is good i'm sorry
3: i know but it wasn't like but it's a copy it's just literally like it's literally the freaking metropolitan museum of art cat from egypt that i just (laughs) took the outline for and then took some other thing from a book and collaged it in the background yeah so the motif is like fully borrowed from egypt you know right uh, but yeah i mean but that started i like the fact that i forced myself to do my own graphics Started this whole thing because if I didn't, if I just went, oh yeah, do artists do stuff? Like I might have not have gone down that path. Like, but I was just like, that's my rule. I'm going to do my, all my own graphics. So I, you know, at the t- at the beginning. Have you
1: ever like, had a deck that wasn't your graphic? Oh yeah, totally. But okay. I mean, oh no, yeah, after the fact, but early on was your first pro bottle?
3: Yeah, all the early ones I did myself. Hmm. And they're crappy. <laughs> there are also some
1: of them are legendary
3: some of them are legendary some are pretty crappy like i only i think only in the last five years have i actually can can i say out loud i'm pretty good at graphics like i can say like i never could say that before i'd always maintain like i'm not that good like i can you know i can i'm workable i can do it but now i'm actually saying like i can actually say like you know what yeah i'm a legit graphic artist i can I can do, I know what I know See, what but
1: I'm like doing. when I think about especially the 90s, that's like a, this weird dead spot for graphics. Like mid to late 90s was just awful. There, there's a lot of really bad graphics during yeah. that time. Yours are the only ones anyone really remembers. There's like no, some others, time. but like yours are definitely some of the standouts because you were mm-hmm. the one do, still doing your own when everyone was like tiny mini logo board yeah. or whatever, all that shit.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't feel like I get Recognize all that much for graphic stuff for skateboard graphic stuff, but I
1: think because it's just a part. You're you doing your own graphics is just a part of skateboarding. Yeah, it's just in ta- intact in yeah. skateboarding. And is that's what
3: happens when you just decide to do something and keep doing it for a number of years. Like yeah, you become. A th- that's what I tell kids all the time. As far as like when they're like looking at how do you get to from point A to point B, and I just say like start doing whatever you're into and keep doing it forever. Yeah, and <laughs> like you know, do not stop. There's no there's no guarantee that you'll be successful. At the end of it, or be recognized for it, but at least you look back and say, "I did what I wanted to do." And if you do get recognized, then you've you've got a track record of what yeah. you know. Like I just yeah. you have to just do it. Yeah, it's just like you have assumed, to be a participant. Like, go but it's to just
1: assumed. Like every I, I think every young kid assumes every toy machine graphic is done by you. Like when that di- there was well, yeah, a kid there's ones
3: and, that aren't done by me that kid that get a, attributed to me just because yeah. everyone thinks that. Yeah,
1: I mean, when that dude got a dude got a tattoo of a graph toy machine thing that I did, and I was like, you can't tell him I did it.
2: <laughs> he'll be so right. bummed. Yeah.
1: Like he'll be—he definitely thought he was getting an Ed Templeton drawing. It was like, dude, for sure. Don't. <laughs> he just found out though. No, he won't. I didn't say which one it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> And there's so many people getting toy machine graphics as tattoos. Could be anybody.
3: Yeah, that became a thing that I'm probably partly responsible for. Like once I started, because I mean, even before Instagram, I would on the toy machine blog out. Yeah, loyal time, ponds. Every time some kid would send us a tattoo, I'd post it, and then. At the very beginning, I think someone even like called me out like, why are you promoting this? It's such a like irresponsible thing to like promote kids getting tattoos of your brand. I'm like, I'm not really telling kids to do it. And, in <laughs> fact, I actively tell kids not to do it. Yeah. yeah, But it's done. Because the new thing is kids will be like, sign my arm. I'm going get, get, to get it tatted. And I'm just like. Why? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Sharpie on skin is the shittiest drawing possible. Like right. and you're gonna like put it there for life? And yeah. it's happened a bunch of times. Oof, a wow. girl did it. Did I tell you that? What? I was at a book signing in London three or four years ago. And she didn't tell me she was doing it. This girl came up and just said, Hey, will you draw something like a sect on my arm? Well, like, at least sure. it was a
1: drawing, not your signature.
3: She did the signature too.
1: Oh boy. Wow. I, God bless did, her. I
3: drew a sect and did a signature. She didn't say anything. She just, like, so that happens all the time, drawing drawing someone's arm. She left, kept signing, came back a half an hour later with a bandage on. She's like, check this out. I'm just like, oh, fuck. What? 30 minutes later. Some kid did it in uh, Vancouver to the whole America team. Oh, wow. Whoa. Everyone signed his arm, just signatures. I did a little turtle boy or something. And uh, he came back the next day we were skating the demo the next day, he came back and had every single person's name, even like random AMs that might not ever turn into anything, uh, tattooed into his arm. Just a signature. Who's that? Uh, Dave Simmons? Who's yeah. he? I don't know. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah, yeah. Some
1: dude. Yeah. Wow, I'd get a sec dye. I don't care. <laughs> I would definitely I get one. I'll probably get one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting one. <laughs> I'm getting. That's <laughs> a where, quick decision. You got a, you got a sharpie <laughs> Yeah. I mean,
3: I tell. I don't have a tattoo, so I, I always kind of just tell kids like, eh, don't don't do it. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't think you'll be as into this right now. In, in, in ten years, <laughs> as, like, Indiana,
0: as you are right movies.
2: now, yeah. Wow. So, so, so even
0: back then, you knew you're like, I, I need to plan a future out after skating because it yeah, might not last For forever. sure. The
3: same advice that I give my riders, I think my grandfather gave to me.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: were there any every, older riders that were like, dude, this is how this works?
0: No. No No. no, 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 one, no. no skater
2: nobody does, told nobody you
3: that? Says, nobody says that. They nobody were so tells pissed kids, at you
1: pushing them out of the sport. They were wow. like, let's hope Ed fails. No, nobody <laughs> tells you that.
3: I literally had, luckily my grandfather, he kind of like, and I, I, you know, maybe I have a little brain in me too, but I just realized like this isn't going to last forever. Like yeah. getting paid as an athlete doesn't last forever, so I started a toy machine. That's basically why I started a company because I, my plan at the time was like, okay, if I'm if I can't skate, I'll have a company I can run. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll be in the business in the sport I love, in the thing I love. Like, let's, that's that was the idea. Was like,
1: where were you in the order of people doing that? Were you? Do you think maybe? You know, because after it, now it's a little more common. You have Tommy Guerrero and Real. Like writer started companies are a little more prevalent. Well,
3: here's here's what happened. Really, it was mostly Mike Valley wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. I think he loved the idea of Alva. Yeah, know? he wanted to just do a company Valley. Mm-hmm. And I was like, anybody wanted me to come like do it with him? I'm like, I'm not gonna do. A, like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, I don't want to have my name yeah. be the company. And there was like a weird compromise where. We started a company called TV, which in his head was Templeton Valley. Yeah, which in my head was like a television set. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that. You know, like, um, yeah. So he wrote because here's what happened. I wrote for New Deal. Yeah, forever. That's who turned me pro. And then Mike V came to New Deal after World Industries. Right. And he went from getting like ten grand a month from the double kick board. Yeah.
1: To I had that double kick to board.
3: maybe like three grand a month from whatever he was making on, you know, it was like a different marketing thing and different, everything changed. So he instantly went from like making tons of money to like, Ooh, what am I going to do? So he started, it was his kind of idea. Like, let's start a company. We we're like big pros. We can do this ourselves. And I kind of drank the Kool-Aid. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. So we started a company. This is at the time when skateboarding was just dropping, you know? Yeah. So instantly it went, went South and just things didn't work. And I went eight months without a job thinking like this, I'm already done. Yeah. Like it's 1991. I turned pro in 90 and it's like 91 <laughs> and I'm already done. Like, <laughs> like no one would sponsor me kind of thing. I've called, I literally called every person in the world, every company. I called Jim at deluxe. And I was just like, dude, I want to start a company. Let's do this. I didn't want to be a writer. Like that was like, that was like my last resort I was hanging on to. I just didn't want to like get sponsored by somebody else. I, right. I had a little taste of what it was like to like run a company and like, Oh, we get to call the shots and do everything ourselves. This is kind of rad. And the idea of like, let's this will be something to fall back on when you're done skating. You can still be part of the thing you love. So I just called every everybody just denied me like no. Nope.
1: Is that was, they didn't know, have any money?
3: Pro. I won the world champion. You know I'm like yeah I'm like current world champion whatever. Like clearly I can rip and help your company and we can do this. Uh, and yeah, eight months went by, and we, I ended up calling up Brad Dorf the the the, the first company tv was done through brad dorfman yeah the guy who was the owner of vision which was the huge was the huge company yeah yeah um i went back to him and was just like yeah you know that our breakup was all mike's fault uh you want to <laughs> have another idea for a company like are you are we cool like you know basically yeah. like because because the falling out was like part of brad and mike and me i don't know right we didn't like brad but so then i ended up crawling back to brad because even though i didn't like him that much um because it was like my only hope. I was like, maybe he'll buy my, buy the story that it was all Mike's fault and like <laughs> we can start a new thing and that's basically when Toy Machine started. It started for one year with Brad Dorfman. Wow. And uh, and then one year into it, Todd Swank called me out of the blue and he was had foundation skateboards and wanted to uh, kind of expand his distribution and stuff like that by getting a new brand and he just wanted to pluck me basically. He's like, oh, I like what you're doing. you want to, bring it over to foundation. I was like, yes. Like instantly <laughs> like, cause it was like, to me, like Brad Dorfman wasn't, your, he wasn't a real skater. It was yeah. just a weird business guy doing, I don't know. It just felt so foreign. But I just looked at foundation like this guy, Todd Swink was a pro. Like when I was a kid, um, you know, yeah, this is no, a no brainer. So then, and it's a handshake deal to this day. I don't have, That's I, I don't have a That's the craziest thing to me in the world. Wow. There's no contract
1: that says who owns Toy Machine. No,
3: we're working on that because now <laughs> he's at the age where he's just like, I could die and, like, it'll be fucked. Like, yeah. You know, like, no one will know that Ed's an owner of this, you know? Like, so, so we're working on paperwork right now. But Whoa. as of right now, literally, it's like we just shook hands and said, let's do this in 20 years or whatever.
1: So. What? How much of it do I own? <laughs> I don't
3: know. <laughs> Let me get in on
1: that. <laughs>
3: um, wow. So... Uh, what was the whole point of the story, though? <laughs> I don't
1: remember. About don't starting know. a company. Oh yeah, where were you in the timeline of people oh, okay, starting yeah. their own companies? Okay, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, uh, if you called up Jim, that means Real already was a thing, right? Was um, Real Skateboards already a company?
3: I think it was. I think Real had already started. There was. Let me think of other companies that. I don't know. I mean, I was pretty. It was pretty early on that. Yeah. I don't know when girls started. It's, it's,
1: in, it's something that toy machines stuck because a lot of those companies just stopped. They there just, were so many. They went away.
3: Well, that's the other part. ATM, can, that's, Circle A, that's all that's those. the consistency just, oh. part of it. Like, I'm, I can just go long-term with stuff. I don't know. My marriage, like, toy the yeah. art stuff, whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, <laughs> everything I start is like kind of like, I'm doing this and it's a, long, it's a marathon. It's not, I'm not a flash-in-the-pan guy. I don't do a lot of stuff that I'm not going to be doing in a year yeah you know i don't get into like involved in like a fad i guess looking back i don't i've just realized this about myself but
1: did you ever skate in big pants
3: i did have big i do yeah pressure fashion wise i've been part of some lame stuff (laughs) stuff.
1: did you do a tiny wheels pressure flip video fully fully. i got some wheels (laughs) up in my
3: drawer i can show you that you'll laugh at you can see
1: i i remember i know this for a fact you're the reason i started wearing brown dickies
3: I oh, wore dickies. Yeah, yep. everyone. You skated in. Do you like skate like the in like converse? Highwater Dickie guy.
1: Yes, converse all stars and dickies. See, That for, wasn't a choice, though. There was like a four one one where you bail. You like it was like a. It looked like one of those bike things you put your bike in. Yeah. And you fucking wrecked on it. Yeah. Super hard. Trucker hat. Brown dickies. Converse all stars. And I was like, so you're like, saying that wasn't a choice for you to. No, wear that
3: that's the thing. Like I love that. Like in retrospect, people are like, "Whoa, Ed, the fashion icon." Mm-hmm. Like, not even like. The reason I wore high water dickies is because I had this idea in my head that I was 10 by 30 dickies. Like, I don't know why. I was just like, this is a cool thing. T- just give me the 10 by 30. 10 by 30 length. Right. 10 or, no, not 10. That's a skateboard size. There's some, there's some pant size. It was uh, 32, 30, 30, 30,
1: 30,
3: 30, I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. 10 by 30 is a sk- old skateboard yeah. size. 30. 30 skateboard like that was the size of the pants i just like give me the 30 30 it was around and it sounded cool and i fucking <laughs> squeeze myself into it i wasn't trying to like i wasn't going this is a cool fashion you're look. way too tall for that no it was stupid that's what i mean i just i don't know why i honestly don't know why it wasn't a, i wasn't thinking like this is a cool fashion i'm gonna look cool at all i'm not i don't even have that in me to like i don't <laughs>
2: you just don't like ever, the numbers like, i think that's 30 that's it yeah.
3: and people made fun of me for sure
1: and why the convert were you really skating chuck taylor's or were those vans
3: they might have been like some low top vans. I had Chuck Taylors at some point too. I think I had was like shoe sponsorless. So there was like a weird period where I was shoe sponsorless. I wrote for Vans. I got on Vans, and uh, this is way before Vans like the current incarnation of Vans. Vans was it's,
1: so dead. Airwalk bottom.
3: Yeah, this was a weird, weird thing with Vans. Weird time period. And uh, I remember, and as you know, I'm like, like I said, I'm like world champion. I'm like a kind of a big pro at this time, and. Marty Jimenez knows the team manager of Vans. I don't think I even barely know this guy. Like, I yeah. just am getting shoes. <laughs> and Marty's like, How much are you getting paid for Vans? I'm like, No. He's just like, What? <laughs> and he, like, walk. He, we went to Vans together. I don't, I don't know how this, this is a weird. I don't know how this even happened. But I remember going into Vans with Marty Jimenez and him talking to the team manager and going, You realize Ed Templeton's in your team, right? Like, you should be paying him. This is insane. And the guy pulls out the list and they had like four people that they paid. And, she, and he goes, guess I can give you some Carabeth's money and crosses out Carabeth Burnside. <laughs> what the, fuck? the first female pro. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but she, wow. He's like, okay, you can have her 250 bucks a month. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like,
1: it was that insane. Female Bones Brigade legend.
3: Yeah. Oh, and my then, uh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, no, no.
1: Is that why you decided to be the first person to make a girl pro? You're like, I got to fix this. No. Karma.
3: I just, I just was laughing at how ridiculous <laughs> it was. I mean, um. Uh, <laughs> you know and then like a year later i don't know when but um the guys for me like uh um, soltech soltech me, yeah we were hey we're starting a company called sheep and oh fuck perfect. i remember i had a pair of sheep you'd be perfect for it and sheep sort of just morphed into america yeah at some point or they started america and then sheep kind of died and i just like went from sheep to america and and that was rad because they were just open to like i mean i have like rules and stuff like being vegan yeah i was telling them i didn't want to make a leather shoe and at the time it was a little weird like you know all the shoes were leather and stuff yeah but they were down so they were down to always to their credit they let me make new buck non-leather skate shoes my whole the whole time you know
1: I wanted. I thought it'd be funny, and I may. But if we made like fake secret footage of you eating meat and just put it on the internet, <laughs> fake secret. Footage? Yeah, like like hidden camera footage, and you talking People about how would much, love yeah. how much to, uh, you ate. Meat, love meat. ribs. <laughs> like People would brisket. love to
3: crucify me on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny though. That's that's the thing though. I'm just consistent. Like you're not. How long see have you been a vegan? Since 1990.
0: That is very consistent. Jesus, dude. <laughs>
1: that is incredibly consistent. I've seen it in action at Disneyland. No
3: relapses.
2: No.
1: We have
3: wow. cruised through
1: the candy area, of Disneyland by the log ride or by Splash Mountain, and you and Deanna straight up getting nothing. Yeah, wow. it's a real bummer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I can eat the little sour balls. That is
1: one of the saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 it's uh, I don't
2: know.
3: It's not even hard anymore. It was no, yeah. it was when I started.
1: Well, yeah, your early like road like skate tour trips through Europe must have been a really gnarly. it's
3: sucked. It sucked. Parts of the world sucked. Norway sucked. There was nothing in Norway. Norway, they're so
1: stoked to tell you how many whales they kill. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they want to like, take you to show you yeah. the whale slaughtering. They're so fired yeah. up about it. It's so dark. Yeah.
3: <laughs> see, see my blubber vest I'm wearing? Dude, they're
1: fucking fired up. Um, I think it's important to, to mention, though, that you did... Were you the first person to make a, a female pro?
3: Yeah, well, the first... Cara Beth was the first... But she had not a pro model. She wasn't pro... So I think Alyssa was the first. I always say street pro just to be more clear, but yeah, yeah. she was
1: like I don't think Caribet didn't have a pal model. She was
3: pro though, but she didn't she didn't have a model, but she was pro. I think hmm. she was getting paid, but you know, but yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Alyssa Seamer was kind of the first like yeah pro skateboarder with a board, and that was another thing that's like. We got so much shit for that. Have I told you about this? Yeah,
1: you told me. And the and you had Margaret Kilgallen do the graphic, which is bananas. Yeah. So you got shit for making a female pro.
3: People did not like it. There wow. was a lot of. I think the
1: kids. I remember when it happened. I was like, "That is fucking
3: punk as hell." Yeah, but why is it punk? That's the thing. It's like the kid, the kids. their the logic was. I'm better than her, so I then I, therefore, ergo, I'm a pro on Toy Machine. Right. Like, according to their (laughs) metrics or whatever, you know? And that's kind of not what it was. And we got a a bunch of letters saying as much, like, dude, I can do way more stuff than Alyssa Steamer can do. I should be on Toy Machine. And it's just like, you don't get it. Yeah. Like, it's not about tricks. It's about the fact that she is the best girl skateboarder ever. Ever. You know, best street skater ever. And she's female and she doesn't have a girl style. Yeah. Which is is kind of a thing, you know? It's like she doesn't stick her butt out and stuff it's like it's you know and it's like i say that at the, at the risk of like alienating some girls but that's what was made her rad was that she just didn't she had her own unique style that wasn't kind of like
1: she also was getting wrecked like her bales were fucking gnarly and she was trying to go as hard as possible and she was basically like a piss drunk like yeah. would hang out with that yeah, crew yeah. of dudes who were the gnarliest guys at the time yeah where it was like no 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 you're you're very real
3: she was she was for sure one of the guys on yeah. that level and she didn't you know and she put up with so much crap on tour um obviously sitting in a van with a bunch of testosterone fueled boys you know <laughs> yeah. like there was porn mags all over the place all sorts of storytelling about fucking this and that finger banging this and that <laughs> uh, you know and she just sit there like i oh, whatever like yeah didn't really care she just laugh at it or whatever she just laugh and didn't care and like Kids, I mean, I don't know if I told you this story one time. I remember we're sitting at the van, me and Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson's this huge man, uh, ripper, yeah, rips. He's just giant. And uh, this kid comes in and is just like, Yeah, so you guys get to like fuck Alyssa in the van <laughs> bonus. And we both just straight faced him, like, <laughs> and Brian just goes, You better go away now. <laughs> it was the, like most serious go away no, I've ever heard yeah. and the kid like I said like it. he like got chilled like oh fuck <laughs> yeah. bad like, joke abort run <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Brian would have just pawed him like <laughs> grizzly bear yeah just crumpled into the ground like and you know yeah so there was like all kinds of that stuff all the time you know like,
1: and now Brian Anderson has his own company
3: Brian has his own company. Alyssa does a little sh- T-shirt company.
1: I have one of those T-shirts. It's called NAR Hunters. NAR Hunters. It's rad.
3: Check out NARHunters dot com.
1: No, it's good. She has, <laughs> She makes good shit. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with having like been sponsored by you. There's like a you have st- like there is like a cottage industry of people who like w- leave Toy Machine and then kind of like hey I can let's if you start small and try hard we might be all I'm, right.
2: I'm
3: really concerned about not burning bridges. Yeah. Like, I've burned no bridges in skateboarding for the most part. I can't think of any bridges I've burned. And so, even when people quit Toy Machine, it's always just been, like, their personal thing and they just needed to do something different. It's never, like, Toy Machine was lame, I'm out of here. Even the mass quittings that happened was all kind of, like, people jumping ship because they thought the ship was sinking and they wanted to, like, save themselves by getting on another company.
1: Well, for a long time, I think it was probably, you were always so much the face of Toy Machine that it probably at times was a little hard to be a writer where it's like I'm never no matter how good I get I'm never gonna break out because it's Toy Machine is Ed and Ed is Toy Machine that's different now I think but for the longest time it must have been but I've never hard. been
3: against hiring like getting skaters that were good that was my whole no point. that's the thing they were, mean, were total people accuse, shredders people accused Mark, Chris Markovich of when he started his company Hollywood yeah of like purposely not getting people better than him right because it was huh. like an ego thing like I wanted to be the best guy on the team I was I I, you know, you could say realistically, I was never the best person on Toy Machine. You know, you the people you had were fucking insanity, <laughs> and uh, and that was the point. So I was always like inclusive on that. Like I realized that having great people helps the t- helps the company. guy yeah, it's a long term thing. I don't have that big of an ego. Where how I many skaters the of guy. the
1: year have been on Toy Machine? Jamie, Jamie? I don't think
3: Jamie Thomas was. He no. has
1: to have been at some. Not while on Toy Machine, no, but I think he Brian was. Brian Anderson and Leo. Brian Anderson, Leo, Leo
3: Romero, both on while yeah. they were on toy that I can remember. How, I think that was it.
1: But you've had a bunch of, you sponsored a bunch of people and early who eventually uh, Muska was.
3: I don't think he was scared of the Are you sure? I don't think so. Fuck. I don't remember. <laughs> well, a lot of people went on to like huge greatness right after toy machine. Like I kicked Chad off. Yeah. <laughs> we told that story Yeah. and he blew up. Is
1: that when anyone to short? And so,
3: you know, I would like look back on that and just go, <laughs> Probably not. Maybe I should have sucked a little dick. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, it would have been some board team, sales. You know? Yeah, we're losing board sales. But, like, again, I stood by my decision. I'm like, you know what? He's big, and I and it blew up in my face that he's off. But I, at the time, that was it. We were sick of him. Like, yeah. we didn't want to deal with it anymore. And this is, again, in hindsight, retrospect, kicking him off changed his life. It helped him. Yeah. And he admits it now. We talked about it. He was the kind of guy like I took him when we went to Europe, we took him to get a passport, and he was just like drunk, incoherent all the time. And living in a childhood world of like everyone's taking care of me, I'm just gonna be a yeah, I'm gonna be a middle schooler. Yeah. And I had to sign I had to fill out his whole passport form and then give it to him like sign this and he literally tagged Muska like Muska Baby like <laughs> style. And I was like you know, I'm like I'm like Jeez. I'm literally babysitting like a toddler right here. Yeah. And kicking him off was like you're in the real world. Fuck you. And he had to like start. You know, he start. He like got involved with shorties and yeah, and that was his kind of thing. You know, it's like, and I'd see him like a, three months later, and he'd be like, "Hey man, Ed, what's up? I got a laptop. I'm starting to do graphics and stuff. Like, you know, it's like, and I watched him like realize like, oh, I have to like do stuff. I have to yeah. like become an adult right now. I have to like learn how to pay rent and uh, you know, work on a graphic because people are asking me." what i should do it's my my company now i gotta do you know oh. so and he was just like psyched he's like yeah i got my license and like you know and really and it's just like he's like you helped me it was really like someone needed to check me basically and yeah. so i feel good about it overall like you know jamie thomas like started zero clothing company which morphed into a board company and he quit and he was so you know i don't like be begrudged that either because he was a personality type where like he was so big it you know, he could he would never been fine with just toy machine, you know. Being a writer on a toy he machine. He needed to run his own thing. Yeah, he had to do his own thing and that's fine. That's that's cool. You yeah. Know? It's like Brian Anderson, you know, was a huge pro and left and was still a huge pro. I don't know, like yeah. not almost everyone went on to like even well, Bam was the other good example. Like Bam yeah. blew up <laughs> because of the show and stuff, he became a celebrity, and yeah. Element just was probably made so much money off the Bam Dude, board. Dude, those
1: band boards, he—they must have sold millions.
3: But that's not toy machine style either. No, that's Element. Thing. Sucks. So it's like kind of work. Everything worked out kind of organically in a good way. Like yeah, where Bam left and he got huge, and I would bemoan it jokingly, like, "Oh man, look at all the money we could be making." But do I really want like little girls buying toy machine boards, and then? In one year, when that fads over, everyone looks at Toy Machine like, "Oh, that's just the Bam Company, stupid." And like, yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah,
1: like yeah. when you see them in like sports you are like, eh, "This doesn't, this I yeah, don't like so this." So it's
3: like it, that move, although it wasn't planned, kept Toy Machine hardcore. Yeah, which is kind of how it, we've always been. It's that's just, the thing; you've all, you're always just for skaters. We're not trying to like be in your mall store or whatever.
1: No, it's like the, you have your teams are like in vans driving around dirt packs, throwing themselves off yeah. of things.
3: Yeah, it's always just been skateboarding. We yeah. never really got wanted to get past that. There was a point before the recession hit where everyone was going that way, and we were kind of looking at ourselves like, "Why aren't we huge? We got the best team ever. We make the best videos ever. Like, yeah. we should be like the size of Element for sure." But kind of glad we didn't go that way because then the recession hit, and some of those big companies they pulled. Yeah, they just go fell away. or just went weird, and like we were already kind of skeleton crew, so we were able to survive this whole recession area. Yeah. Mm-hmm where without really losing writers or anything or we had to like cut pages a little bit but not we didn't have to like wholesale cut reduce our team or anything
1: where do you see skating going at this point or do you have a sense of can you tell where it's going because it, it seems there's different sections of it now
3: honestly i don't know anymore i think i there was like a point where i would say like okay it's moving towards this like tv uh huge ad sponsorship thing but I feel like that's sort of plateaued. It's just yeah, it I don't the,
1: like the Dew Tour isn't like a big yeah. Thing. The it didn't X really, Games isn't like huge. The skateboarding part's not huge. I don't think it'll ever have like a full dead zone again.
3: It's cyclical in that way where, and I've always maintained this: it's as long as skate, skating, street skating, the kind that I am interested in and like, and most people do is essentially legal it's always going to be kind of on the hardcore side yeah. which is which I like I, I'm happy about that you know it, no matter how many skate parks you build kids still want to skate a handrail on a, a bank business, on some business yeah, you know? yeah, and as long as that's happening it's kind of like there's a little outlaw element to it and that's, yeah. you know that's kind of what it is we, That's makes it fun we want to skate the spot that no one wants us to skate and it satisfies
0: building. that that part of you when you're a kid where it's like well I don't want to do what they tell me it's pretty much, yeah. it's kind of that. Is that the only sport where you can do that?
3: So at one point I would say like, oh, with all these skate parks being built and all the TV stuff, maybe it's just going in that way. But it's not, it really is. Well,
1: because skaters don't love that shit.
3: That's the thing. It's like they still they want to watch don't. dudes do incredible stunts in the real world. Yeah, because yeah. you and
1: can go to that spot. You can, if you watch someone rip at the course of a do tour, you're like, well, I can't skate that. Whereas like, I know where, the, I can figure out where that bank is and I can go mm. to it and I can try yeah. to do what he just did.
3: But it has bisected. I think that in the last couple of years, it's beat. it's kind of like there's two worlds. There's definitely like the Dew Tour side. There's like the Nike and Red Bull side. There's some people that cross between those worlds, but then there's some there's guys who are just like that's I'm all about just the contest circuit. Yeah. You know, you see Greg Lutzka. I don't really, I don't even know who he's sponsored by. I'm not assuming I'm going to see a part by him I'm Blind? on some company's video.
1: I Think he's on Blind. You know,
3: I just you're going to see him on the Dew Tour on TV. Yeah. That's it's cool. weird
1: because that dude's that dude rips
3: he's really good
1: but like you don't he doesn't get like credit for being a full ripper because it's all contests yeah it's like Chris Cole kind of walks the line of that
3: yeah he can he can kind of go both ways yeah that guy made a lot of money doing contests and the, that's that's something I bemoaned when I was winning all the contests the prize money was like here's a here's a grand yeah and now it's a hundred grand fuck
1: that's the thing. I want skaters to make a lot of money because it's short, and they, you know, they if get the
3: contests were paid in 1990 what they were paid now. I would have made three hundred thousand dollars in one month. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ!
3: <laughs> Chris Cole did that, in one, he he won the yeah. two big contests in one year. Wow. And I remember thinking like two hundred grand just from contest wins this year. And just the, do this, and
1: sometimes sponsors do that matching bullshit.
3: Not when you're getting that much money. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck.
0: Wow. So is your time like these days? divided more into like um, painting and photography a little more than like skateboarding, how much, how much attention you pay to it? I know you still run a company and stuff.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the whole time I was skating, I was doing art stuff. Uh-huh. But, you know, in the early days, it was clearly skateboarding was number one. So yeah. I, but I painted a lot in my, all my free time. But then at the same time, free time was different in the 90s. <laughs> you could be you could be a good pro and all you had to do to be a good pro was get a photo in the magazine every month. Right. That was my goal. I'd be like, you know, as, I, as long as I go out enough to where pretty much every issue of Transworld has a photo of me ripping in it, I'm doing a good job. And right. so, essentially, you could go out one week in a month and get <laughs> something rad yeah. and you're going to be doing your job good. So, I had all this free time. Right. I can't even tell my writers that anymore. I used to tell my writers in, in those early days... I'm like, dude, take this skate money, go to college. Figure out something for after skateboarding. Wow. You know? I, I can't even say that. I'm like, you literally have to go out every single day and try 100% every day, or you're blowing it in skating now. Wow. You can't just go out on the weekends and rip, you know? Jesus So Christ. I was able to, like, paint, you know, all week and then just go rip the weekends and stuff. We skated every day still, of course, because we loved it. But, um, so yeah, and then over time I started like getting opportunities to do shows. So then it's, there was like, there was a real hard juggling period for, for a few years there when I was like literally legitimately a pro and legitimately doing art yeah. shows and stuff. Yeah. So I'd get an opportunity like, do you want to show at this gallery? I'd be like, fuck yeah, I have to do that. So that, this now takes precedence over the skateboard tour. Yeah. And then there was a few times when I was probably like actually hurting the company because I was like, we can't go on tour this year because I'm going to fucking Paris in July to do a show, you know? Yeah and then but everything was organic during that time so I was like during that same time I like got a team manager to like start taking guys on tour without me kind of thing right and uh so it all sort of just worked just Mm. juggling stuff and and now yeah I mean yeah I broke my leg two years ago real bad and uh and essentially
0: that just like from painting (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i mean that
3: uh, i haven't even said i'm retired out loud yet really like to the to the skate world but i mean since i broke my leg i've been retired like i i can count the times since i broke my leg that i can skate i don't think i've even skated 10 times like i basically, basically stopped skating um Partly because at that point, the pressure, like this, all the stuff I had to do for in the art side was so much yeah. that it was getting kind of bad already. Even before I broke my leg, I was like kind of not skating that much because right. I was doing so much other stuff and I'm like old and I'm, I realized that I'm like not contributing in the same way. It's like, wait, I'm not
0: how, you're, how old are you? 42.
1: Oh, okay. That's 78 years old. I, skating, I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, wait,
0: you're not old. What are you no, talking yeah. about? skateboarding, it's old. It's yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. skateboarding, I, yeah. if
1: he was a horse, they'd shoot him. Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: And, uh. You know, it's like I could, I felt like at the end there, I was like, I could do, I could still contribute in a demo. Right. Like I can rip a demo still. I can I have like my moves that I have on lock and I can do it and it's, they're not, they're not like pity moves (laughs) like, oh, look at that old guy. It's like, you know, it's legit like. (laughs) Front blunt. Nose blunts and stuff, you know, like, yeah, yeah, impossibles and whatever. Like I got stuff that is on the same level as my guys. It's not like, I don't look like an idiot out there. Right. But then in the streets, it's like I look like a complete idiot because we started going to rails, and I'd be like, "Man, I can, I'm gonna feeble this thing, guys." And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's everyone's warm-up trick." You know, we're gonna go through a series of warm-up tricks that involves everything Ed can do. and That's not even what we're trying to shoot. Or, you know, yeah, you know, so it kind of became like that became charity, like oh, are we going to shoot Ed Feeble in this rail and run that? And then well, let's go to a different spot for the other guys. Like, yeah. Like, give throw Ed a bone here. Like, let him get it in a photo in the article that, from a tour. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And then it just, so it just became like, street skating became like, okay, I'm not really contributing anything. So
1: In a weird way, it's almost like better for you to make tons of art to still contribute to skateboarding just as an example of what a person can do from being a skater kind and of
3: and that's what how it happened with all the brands I work with yeah I feel like I, I've always had this complex of like you know as soon as I'm useless kick me off and I deserve it because that's, that's how everyone is that's your marketing tool you know mm-hmm. and uh, but you know I do I design shoes now and I do t-shirt graphics and so all these companies want me there as a brand ambassador because of those legions of kids that you said that kind of like grew up yeah, on me looking at what I do and being stoked and those kids are like There's a huge generation because I had such a long career. So there's guys my age who are still like, yeah, I'll buy some Templeton art stuff, like an art shirt from Ruka or or like the Templeton America shoes. But then there's also kids as like young as 20 who grew up on me too, you know, who know Welcome to Hell and all the other videos since. Mm -hmm. And they might not see me as like, that guy was my favorite, but they know who I am and like are down to, like, back skating and stuff like well, that. Well, they,
1: so. they call all those brands lifestyle brands, and that's essentially what you've done. You have a skate lifestyle. Yeah. Your yeah. lifestyle has been, I right. mean, in a weird way, they always talk about it. Whenever they're like, we're a lifestyle brand, it sounds kind of dumb, and you're like, what yeah. do you mean? But, like, in a weird way, you're actually what they think they, <laughs> they're trying to be. Right. It's like, no, you get to be this creative person, and it's it never you just are parts of it in different ways over time. Yeah. 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 Your skateboarding's dead.
2: <laughs> Skateboarding's dad. That's Skate dad. Funny.
3: Yeah, I like That's that. Funny. I'm down with that. I like being the, the. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You know, like the. I think since the beginning, I've I've had that. Like in my in my first interview, in 1990, I talk. Uh,
0: you were the, like, listen, kids. <laughs>
3: there was a little bit of that. Like the. Guy, so my friend Christian Klein, who was doing Power Edge magazine at the time. We would hang out and like talk. You know, we were like, whatever. You're kind of naive and young, and you're like, we're intellectuals or something. We're gonna sit and talk about cool shit. And, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so he's like, I have to do your interview. I'm like, you don't work for Transworld; they'll never let it happen. And I was like, just tell him your friend's doing it. We're gonna make a fake name. So, the interview that is in my pro spotlight in Transworld says by josh money but that's Mm -hmm. his friend's (laughs) name terrible fake name (laughs) that's his friend's name uh, jesus christ (laughs) it was was christian klein who did the interview yeah and we he was just like and he was like this kind of like crotchety he was like you know a zine guy like he was like a cool way cool in the art world like in the art skate world before it was anything really like he was basically doing what gsd was doing yeah you know he didn't get known for it because he's sort of like a misanthropic, just who cares about the world kind of guy. Right. And like he doesn't care if he gets known, but um, he's just like you're gonna say shit. I fucking hate interviews where <sighs> skaters, and the, ever since that point, I, it was like such a good learning experience that I always, I can't carry that on forever because it's uh, it's really the common thing in skateboarding. Like everyone wants to be like, so they're like, what kind of music do you like? And it's just like everything. <laughs> what are you into fucking everything it's you know it's cool it's like it's you know you read it you're just like fuck this guy I don't care and he was kind of like just say I like heavy metal just say I'm fuck fuck everything else I like heavy metal you know <laughs> if that's what you like just say it because then all the people who love him it'll be like fuck yeah that guy yeah, yeah and all the people like you know it's just like you have to take a stance basically he was saying like pick a side do something you know so he's just like you're saying shit we're gonna say we're gonna talk about real issues We're not going to talk about dumb skateboarding stuff, and so like we went right into it. Like I was like, let's talk about homophobia. So, it's so random. I don't know if you read that that long ago, but I like address homophobia randomly out of nowhere in my pro spotlight just because I was like, let's talk about this. Yeah, a lot of skaters, and I remember I just read like a little excerpt of it the other day online. Someone posted something from it, but I was talking about how like yeah, you see guys going to movie theaters, they sit a seat apart. And they try to say it's for comfort, but then they come with a girl and they're sitting with a girl. They just like don't want anyone to think they're a fag. And, uh, and I don't know. What I just remember talking about. I was like always wanted to talk about issues and stuff. Hmm. So I guess in a way, I have been skateboarding's dad or moral comp. Yeah,
1: moral you're a, you're ahead of the moral code. Like you're like five years out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I mean, you see so many skaters now starting bands, trying to be painters, things yeah. like that.
3: But it came from just looking at the way. Fugazi was run I was just yeah. like here's a way where you, you can do a company and you can stay true to yourself and not mm-hmm. sell out we're not going to do kooky stuff when we turned Alyssa Pro we weren't going to like make a pink ad and like yeah, we're wear right. a dress for an ad or something like that
1: like wouldn't be cool if all the other writers were like dresses? let's
3: just let's just be let's just treat her like we would treat anyone else that would be the cool right thing to do you yeah like, we yeah. think about stuff before we do it like let's do that and then you know it was a conscious choice to make the ads funny and like make fun of the whole idea of advertising and like just joke about it because yeah. i would just i said i mean i'm 42 years old and i still make the ads but i sit down and i think i just trying to channel my 15 year old self i go what would make a 15 year old laugh right now yeah, yeah you know what would i like when i was 15 when i looked at an ad i just try to make it funny
2: yeah well
1: dude that's so cool toy machine's rad it's still weird to me that we're friends um, it's weird to me that I'm here. It's like... <laughs> no, dude, you should be stoked on yourself, and uh, but not too much, because I like that you get. I like that you got super freaked out about your painting sure. You're like, dude, I don't know, these paintings suck, and like they're super, they're great, and like yeah. they were like some of the raddest stuff you've ever made, and if uh, you were so worried. So, wh- where's your stuff up right now?
3: At Robertson Tilton Gallery in yep. Culver City. In Culver City. Okay.
1: It's up for probably another three weeks.
3: Yeah, till May thirtieth.
1: Yeah, till May thirtieth. Awesome. It's called Synthetic Suburbia. They're great. Uh, I would like, I get credit for naming you the new Auto Dicks, which I think is rad. I'm right.
3: I, I shouted you out in my LA Times interview. Yeah. yeah. I, said, yeah. Uh, I said the best compliment I got from the show was my friend, unprompted, said I was the suburban Auto Dicks. Yep. And I said, that's the coolest thing ever because I really like him. And I'm the new Robert Hughes, <laughs> art, famous <laughs> art critic.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, dude, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you very much. See, it wasn't so bad.
0: Yeah. I
3: we're, thought we were gonna talk about more other I don't know what I was thought. In the shower <laughs> I was like, what are I think we're gonna talk about and then we didn't talk about anything I thought we were gonna talk about.
0: No. What did you think we were gonna talk about? I don't
3: know, like philosophy or something. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what like, <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't really know. No. No. Maybe more about art and stuff. But nah. Oh actually I thought I would be telling more like funny skateboard stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, we just wanted to see like where was, it was. I had
3: one in the chamber that I never used. Like art okay. stories. What? I didn't I don't think I told you this. We'll have, tell you you can ca- tell us there, Do you
1: want to like? come back and do another episode and you can save it for them. We'll do a full okay, art episode. Want, yeah. We'll do that. We'll yeah. do another you can be like our next big art episode. You can do you can do
2: it. And you'll tell the art story. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Thanks again, dude. Thank you guys.